I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Syrupcast, Mobile Syrup's Canadian tech-focused podcast. I'm Patrick O'Rourke and Brad Medit. Brad Bennett. I said your name wrong. That's the first time I think I've ever done Brad that. Meta. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what you should change your Twitter handle to, Brad Meta. I've been thinking about changing it, to be honest. Um, I really am liking Brad News Energy. I like that. I like it. I'm just, I've had the Brad Pad for so long. Like, I'd have to change Xbox, Instagram, I, like everything. You'd also lose verification if you changed it. Really? Yeah. If you change, like, your actual handle, I believe you use verification but so i this guess i'll never the, change this is not the twitter verification podcast we have brad bennett as usual he is a man who refers to himself as the bad boy of tech he's across the internet i've already been talking to him you already know him how are you doing brad i'm doing good actually i've been feeling good um we've been working on i mean i think the audience i don't know if we talked about this we're working on like video projects for mobile syrup so i've been doing a lot of that and really enjoying it and uh, yeah, been doing, been feeling good. Summertime, the weather's nice. I'm going camping again this weekend. The forecast you missed is camping the rain right now, eh? the whole weekend again, though. You went camping last weekend too, didn't you? No, the, I think it was the weekend before, um, and it rained the whole time. Weekend off, going again, or maybe there's two weeks in between. Um, but it's going to rain the entire weekend again. So I bought two tarps this summer, and they are getting Ooh. a lot of use. So that's value. I guess tarps are important, especially when you're yeah. camping. Sure. So Hiding this, the the so this is a two-person podcast, as you as you might have noticed. There's only two of us on screen. You're only hearing two voices. It's it's a lonely summer episode, is what I'm going to call it. Everybody yeah. else on the team was busy doing other stuff, but the, the show must go on. So we're here some to podcast. Are on vacation. We let people. Yeah, go on some vacation. Pe- some people are on vacation right now too. We're also we're a small team, so we're we're busy. Everybody's yeah. got something on their plate right now. This week, we're going to talk about the Switch OLED model, and then I'm also going to grill Bennett about several of the different wireless earbuds he's been writing about. He's become the Mr. Wireless Earbuds man, um, and he also reviewed the the Beat Studio Buds, which are a pretty big deal in the, the wireless earbud space, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. But before we get to that part of the show, Bennett, do you want to hit us with the hottest news of the week? Um, so the hottest news, like shaking the tech world at its core this week is mobile syrup changed the branding ever so slightly. Shook the world. Um, it's a fresh coat you, of paint. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you may be listening to this podcast. You may have noticed there's a new, I guess what you would call it would be album art, podcast art. It's a new cover for the podcast, perhaps. We haven't loaded that in now, but we do have them. They'll be loaded in, I think, by, this time, by the time this goes it up. Might, it might be there for this episode. If not this episode, then for sure the next one. It's coming and get excited for it. But the website itself, we've sort of refreshed our red to be a bit brighter, a bit more lively, and some of the other colors on the website just to give a bit more pop. And then we've got a bit of a like kind of like techie birthday cake, exciting design that you can kind of see 
Um, you might see it on some header images and stuff on the site from time to time, but you'll see it mostly on uh, maybe some Instagram posts, the like header images on our social channels, so YouTube, Facebook, uh, that kind of stuff, and uh, some new illustrations. And it's pretty cool, actually. I'm excited about it. Me and well, you and I were part of the like process with the designers at Blue Ant, which is the company that owns Mumble Syrup, and we got to like really work it into what we want to see as the brand moves forward. So uh, I think I'm personally very excited about it. I don't know, people yesterday when we did it, which was Tuesday, June 13th. Yeah, I think so. The, yeah. the response was positive. Exactly. Generally. So uh, I think people like it. Um, I I love it. And uh, hopefully you'll see more of it. We're going to you know bring it over to YouTube and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, it should be just like a fun moment moving forward. Fresh coat of paint 2021. We'll see you guys in 2031 and uh, what we look like then. I'll probably be older. Yeah, I've, I've worked here quite some time now. Like we're going on six years and we've had the same design during that same time period. And there's been a lot of talk over the years about refreshing the logo, refreshing the little icon that we have, finding some like core colors for the site to give us a more uniform design language. Um, and it's just never happened. So I'm, I'm glad that we finally were able to, to make that materialize. And I'm, I'm pretty happy with the end result. I think what I describe it as and what I've been I guess describing it to everybody as really is it, it's just like, it's what, you know, mobile syrup as, but it's a fresh coat of more modern 2021 paint on it. Yeah, I think so too. I, we haven't really changed. I mean, we're still the same uh, staff, right? The same awesome Canadian tech news, but now we look a little more modern. So that's exciting. Um, I wish I could talk more about that, but we'll move into some more tech news. The, one of the things that blew up yesterday and it kind of came out of nowhere. Is Apple released a MagSafe battery pack for the iPhone? Yeah, I was I was pretty hyped about this because I just like I like MagSafe. I think it's one of the coolest things about the iPhone 12. Probably one of the more underrated features that we don't hear a lot about. Magnets are legit magic. Oh, they are hundred percent. Yeah. So this little thing just attaches to the back of the iPhone 12 series, whether it's the Pro, the Max, the Mini, whatever. And it charges the phone through Qi wireless charging relatively slowly, like as most wireless charging is. But as someone who used to travel a lot and I'd be covering events and my phone would be dying and I'd plug my device into like a big, huge, bulky wireless charger. This appeals to me like on a on a very, very personal level. So I'm hoping to get my hands on it somewhat soon and, and do a little write up for the site. It's pricey as as all Apple products always are. $119 Canadian, I believe. Um, which is a lot for a wireless battery pack, especially when you, when you can like go on Anchor's website or Amazon or whatever and buy something that's comparable, maybe not like as flashy and as nice looking and attaches via MagSafe, but accomplishes the same thing. Um, so, price, yeah, yeah, I have some questions about it too. Like, how strong are the magnets in it? Is it really going to firmly attach to it? Like, if I slide it in my pocket, is it just going to fall off? Like, there's that's what happened with the wallet MagSafe accessory. So I do have questions about it, but like at least on paper, it's expensive. Totally get that. But it looks cool and it seems like it's going to work quite well. I wish they would have done fun colors. I mean, they're doing colors with like the iMac and the iPhone. That's true. And, you know, some of the Beats headphones and stuff. Um, and I wish like the, well, I guess we should say this, it's just white. It comes in white, right? Is, is there a black version? I, I believe the only color is white, white, unless yeah. I'm, I'm wrong. It would have been really am. nice to have matching colors to match the iPhone like 12 and 12 Pro series. I think that would have been sweet. Um, but honestly, I'm kind of excited about it. I mean, it's less about, you know, charging your phone from zero to 100, which is where you would want like really fast charging and more about like, if you know you have a long day ahead of you, you just bring it out 
And as your phone starts to get, you know, below 50%, you start to feel a little like, will I get through the day? You can just put it on and you get, I don't know, does it have like a, I guess it will depend on the battery or the iPhone, but you know, what do you think? It'll probably give you an extra like six hours, four hours. Maybe even more. It depends on like, we don't know how big it is yet because Apple doesn't really get into the specs with its products. I'm sure someone will do like a teardown of it. iFix it will probably do that. Um, I know anyone that's ordered it um, expects it to come within the week. So we should start seeing stuff about it. I'm hoping to get one by next week as well myself. Um, Obviously, I don't have the expertise to tear it down and tell you how big the battery is, but I could definitely charge my phone and tell you how much additional life it offers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. And I don't know. I like MagSafe accessories. Where's my pop socket? Well, I think it's over there, so I won't get it. Oh, that thing's uh, sick. I was so jealous of that. I wish I did that story. Yeah, um, it's it's just sweet. Like I like the ability with these like MagSafe accessories. The MagSafe cases, um, it's whatever. I guess the fact that they still add MagSafe when you have a case on, but like just having things you can put on your phone and take off and put on different things and take off and like just have all these accessories that work with your phone and stick to it very well, but aren't permanent is like really nice. I think that's all I got to say on that. Yeah, the last one. This one's also actually Apple related, and it's weird that this is coming out now. Because it's only like a month later. You think they would have announced it a month ago. But the home pods are going to support Apple Music Lossless Audio, which was a huge story when Lossless Audio came out because it was a big deal for Apple Music to get Lossless Audio because it was uh, essentially free. You're still paying $10 a month. Now you're getting spatial audio, lossless audio, which is you know higher quality audio. But with that high quality audio, you couldn't do it with Bluetooth headphones or wireless speakers like Apple's HomePod, which was weird because the HomePods are supposed to be really high-end great speakers. So why would you hold back high-end great music from them? Everyone was confused. I wrote a story about it. So did everyone else on the internet. Um, But now we were wrong. And the lossless audio is coming to the HomePod, which is exciting. Although the HomePod mini, it's like, is it that good? Is it going to be noticeable? Who knows? I so I I wrote it with the iPhone Mini. I got a I got a bit of uh, flack for it from readers. I I it's a stellar sounding speaker. It's a little pricey. Um, I think it's probably the best smart speaker if you are only an Apple user. Like if you only use Apple products, you only care about Apple devices. It's worth just going with that. It's very reliable. Mm-hmm especially if you're not interested in like smart home features and stuff like that. Like this thing, it, it sounds better than a Nest Audio, which was like sort of the the top smart speaker for me in terms of price and what you're getting. Obviously my favorite smart speaker is the, the Sonos One because it's the most versatile with Google Assistant and yeah. Siri integration and it just sounds, it just sounds incredible. sounds so good, yeah. But in terms of like the tech giants speakers, the HomePod Mini is great. I think for me, my big takeaway from this is it was very un-Apple-like for them not to have this ready with the announcement. And the other thing that's important to point out is like, this is just a beta release, right? It's not even out oh, yet. Really? Yeah, you, you also can't sign up for the HomePod beta. There's no public, there's no developer. It's like an invite-only basis. It's really unclear mm-hmm. how you even VIPs. get into it. Yeah. yeah, you can, like if you if you Google around, like there's, there's like ba- ways to flash the beta firmware on it. People upload the beta firmware, but it's all like a little shady and strange. So I would recommend people just wait until it gets released this fall. But I mean, lossless audio is free and it's great that Apple's finally letting you listen to lossless audio via its high-end speakers. Like that's the big takeaway here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still interested to see if Sonos finds a way to use it because when they announced the new Sonos app, last year or two years ago. I don't know if you remember all the kerfuffle around that where there was like two Sonos apps and 
older Sonos products are being phased out. People are very upset. But one of the reasons that they had to switch to a new app and new speakers is the new app would support like high-end, like 10-bit uh, audio codecs and like higher bit. 10-bit, no, that's for video. I don't even know. High-end audio codecs, 24-bit. Yeah. Um, and they were, you know, at, people were excited because they were like, at least now we can get, you know, Dolby Atmos to the Sonos Arc, which is the soundbar. And the Sonos, like Sonos Ones can play higher quality music. And that was really exciting. Will Apple take advantage of it? Maybe they have already. And I just haven't noticed because it's kind of more of a niche. You got to dive into the forums to discover some of that stuff. But yeah, lossless audio coming to wireless speakers. Very excited. To be honest, don't, don't tell anyone this. But to be honest, ever since Apple announced the lossless audio thing, I've just been paying for it and using it. Um, even though I already have Spotify, it's just like, why would I not, you know, like I'm not a huge spatial audio guy. It's nice when it comes on, you get like a cool effect sometimes, but lossless audio is better. Like I have wired headphones. I have good speakers. Like, why do I not take advantage? Yeah, we of wrote that, about, know? we wrote a, like a dual feature together about spatial audio and like some, Call. some duet. Yeah. A duet. Some yeah. songs, uh, I thought like actually it added to it. And then other songs, it was like, there's no point in some cases it made it worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've been strongly considering switching to Apple Music. I recently bought Apple One um, just because like my Apple TV Plus subscription is expiring uh, soon. And I like Apple TV Plus. Since before I, Ted Lasso 2. Oh, God, I hate that show. I'm like the only person on earth. That oh, hates yeah, it. I forgot. Yeah, um, it's it's part of my personal brand now that I hate Ted I'm Lasso. But there's other stuff on there I like. Like I like C. I like the Mosquito Coast. There's a bunch of different shows. So I'm, I'm happy to continue subscribing to it. Um, what was I saying? Uh, you have Apple One. You're thinking about Apple Music as well. I've been thinking about switching to Apple Music now that I have a subscription that I'll at least will have for the foreseeable future, simply because I truly, truly hate Spotify's new desktop app design. Like, I really, really dislike it. And I hate the fact that I it like the new releases are buried through so many so many different like different and panels it takes me so long to find them and i, I never remember how to do it because the ui just makes no sense it's like i'm now on board with everyone who hated the ui before woohoo welcome um but yeah like getting rid of the persistent search bar on spotify desktop app it's like why 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 oh, why it's so like, bad man it's like i get that there's a search button but i just like i want to be searching from anywhere and like you have the space and desktop for that why do you make this look like a mobile app maybe it's, it's for touchscreen computers but like the other thing too is and this is like not about the desktop app this is just spotify in general and i think some other um music apps do this as well and i hate it i hate it i hate it i hate it but they trap you in a filter bubble so literally you will click on new releases and it will just show you like six new releases that it thinks you'll like not all new releases. So you'd be like, yo, I thought this album came out. Where is it? Search for it. Oh, yeah, here exactly. it is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, They're literally not in the new release Spotify category. That's but here's like six precisely albums. Precisely what I hate about I, it. Yeah, it's just like not everything needs to be algorithmic. Like, sure, if I'm like, you know, if I finish a playlist, I'll let the algorithm take over and just like keep recommending me songs and songs and songs. And that's often a really great experience because that music will just play and I might discover some new music that way. But like every, don't. Don't disrupt me searching for music manually with algorithms that I don't even know, or most people don't even know are there because like, that's just like breaking the magic of finding music. Like I'm looking to find cool tunes on my own. Maybe I'll spend like a Sunday morning, just like, you know, listening to music or whatever. And then it's just like, you miss things, you know, you're better off going to the web and Googling like what new albums came out this week because Spotify is not going to tell you. And, and uh, sometimes maybe you don't want to listen to a song that falls under like a genre that you frequently listen to right and that's what algorithms kind of ruin is like that discovery of like maybe you want to listen to something that's like 
not the typical thing that you're always listening to. You know what I mean? That's the other thing that, that frustrates me about the way that Spotify currently operates with this new UI that dropped somewhat recently. Yeah, I have like a whole, literally a whole video just on this that's going to come out at some point. But yeah, like music algorithms are are not great. And to be honest, I kind of like Apple Music because it seems the like there's a lot of algorithm, but there seems to also be a lot of human curation and it sort of breaks that bubble a little bit. So yep. at least, you know, you can go to the human curation side and it's like, oh, here's a like a pop album that I would have not listened to before, but Apple's kind of hyping it up. I'll check it out because like, you know, I don't only listen to one genre. I guess some people might, but like, I don't think most people do. Especially, I listen to all like, why do stuff. we have, why do we have endless streaming services? But I'm just going to listen to the same like Garth Brooks album over and over again. Um, on the final note for that frame one, my Amazon Music um, algorithm, because I like Amazon Music is the only place to get Garth Brooks, which is like a really popular country artist. That's so um, funny. Not, yeah. So I'm assuming Bezos loves him. He got him. Amazon's the only one. Like you can barely even find his stuff on YouTube. So every time I open my Amazon Music or even my Amazon Smart Display in Living Room, it's just always recommending me like country music, country music, country music. And it's pretty funny. I feel like my dad would love it, but it's... It, like and I do enjoy it, but it, it that algorithm has locked me into a country music filter bubble because of that, you know. So it's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Algorithms, man, they're the 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 worst thing in the world sometimes. Yeah, oh, it's sometimes good, sometimes bad. It's a tough, tough. Uh, I don't know, just tough to like wrap your head around the positives and negatives of it all, especially in something so menial as music discovery. All right, but anyway, let's talk, talk about, about Switch. Yeah, let's talk about the Switch. Um, so I'll, I'll introduce it briefly, and then I think Bennett's going to grill me with a couple questions about it, because I I used to be Canada's foremost Switch reporter. I used to have a segment on the podcast. What did we call it? Like the Switch Minute or something like that a couple years ago, where I would I'm only sure. talk about the Switch for like 10, 10 minutes. Um, so yeah, Nintendo, surprised announced a brand new Switch. Very disappointing in some respects, most respects, actually. So this is the same Switch, the original Switch that came out several years ago now at this point. Seven-inch screen now. Um, it's OLED, which means it's going to feature better color, um, possibly slightly better battery life, Battery life, though that's not something that Nintendo's advertising. There's yeah. white. So it has not one extra hour, kind of. Not in the really. range, the maximum is one extra hour. So what, what it is, is like, so there was a Switch revision of the original Switch. That mm. revision that features the more um, power efficient chip has the same battery life as this one on paper. I didn't realize that when I wrote the initial story. No, you're now, right, because you probably did what I did, where you looked at the original review. Exactly, that's fact. what I did. Yeah. Damn. So yeah, they, they tricked us with time. that. Same battery life. I think it will likely be a little bit better. So it's, it's weird Nintendo's not talking about it white Joy-Cons, a new dock that seems like it's uh, it features rounded corners. It's a little more, it, it looks like a little more high quality and it also has an Ethernet port. But this isn't, it, the story is really like what this doesn't feature. It doesn't have 4K, which was a, a, a long rumored Switch Pro quote unquote feature. Um, it's not a new design, really. It's still the same Switch, just has a bigger screen with minimized bezels. This just, generally speaking, isn't what the rumors indicated it was going to be. And also... Yeah, same internals, isn't, everything. Yeah, exactly. It isn't what I was hoping to see from a Switch refresh. I was hoping for a Switch in the design, yeah. See that? A um, Switch in the design. Yeah, oh, <laughs> clever, clever. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, I regret saying it now. Um, do you want me to start asking you questions? Go hit me with them. Actually, I guess the first thing... Can I talk about it a little bit? Can I? Yeah, go for it. Can I switch minute myself? Um, yes, switch it yeah. up. I like it. 
So there are things I like about it. I like, and they're all kind of menial. So it's, you know, whatever. But I, I like the new like white, sort of off-white, beigey, creamy like color. The color's I think nice. That's yeah. very modern. Looks pretty cool. And Nintendo, like for a company like that's so old school and just makes like the same video games that are slightly revised and usually always great, but you know, like you know, um, they always have great colors, you know? Yeah. The, all the Switch light colors are great. Yeah, just good colors. Um I think that's about it. Maybe, you know, a slightly bigger screen, I guess, because the Switch always did have really chunky bezels. And I am a sucker for OLED displays. Like, I'm literally, I can't point to it because it's not I'm sure, but I'm sure the screen's going to look great, like 100%. Yeah. Just to me, that's not a reason for someone to upgrade. This is, in my mind at least, for people that don't own the Switch yet and have been waiting to get a new one because they missed that, missed that initial wave. They're not interested in the Switch Lite. They want the, like, be able to dock it functionality that's who this is for it's not for current switch owners at least in my mind i don't think so either um yeah i mean yeah oled i love but is that enough also so this probably won't matter but the switch Lite is i would say graphically the best switch because it has a smaller screen so it's taking you know the pixels and condensing them so it looks a bit sharper right i love the the switch Lite, like Playing Me that too. thing in portable mode, yeah. it looks it looks incredible on that little tiny screen. Um, but in like so, instead of going you know down sharper, the new switch is it's making larger, it so there'll be even more. I'm assuming not like artifacting, but like jagged edges will become more prominent. You know, unless Nintendo can start rolling out some really nice like anti-aliasing technology, which doesn't seem like it has at this point. There's no revamped internals to allow for that, maybe. So, yeah, you know, is this really the upgrade people there's, want? There's like no. Yeah, there's some games that are really, really showing the Switch's age, like Monster Hunter Rise is a good example. Love that mm-hmm. game. I've never been into the Monster Hunter series. Started playing with my brother a couple months ago. You kind of yeah. need like a Sherpa to walk you through it and show you Definitely. exactly how everything works <laughs> sure, in it. And that, yeah. that was my brother. Um, so now I'm into it. I like it. It's a fun game, but it looks like trash on the Switch, like absolutely awful. I can't help but play it and be like, I wish this is on the Xbox Series X because it would look so much better. It would run smoother. The frame rate would be better. That's just one example. But even like How do we f- Mario Keep Golf going. looks bad. Aww. How do we feel about like iPhones and iPads and even top end Android phones being like this, but maybe more powerful than the Switch? Like, could you run better looking games on iOS than you can? I, I think you could. Like, this, yeah, this is like a that's five not a good year old, look for Nintendo. Though. It's a five year old chip, right? Like it was outdated True. when the Switch came out. In some respects, the the chip <laughs> yeah. that's inside it. So like, no. you get a new phone every year. Like, there's no way that Apple's latest like a what, what are they up to like now? A twelve, a thirteen. I think it's a thirteen. Is in the um, Apple TV, so it must be in the new chips too. No, the, the Apple TV is the A nine. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up because someone will correct me. iPhone even the new one chip. is A nine. Anyway, yeah, you look it up. The new Apple and, TV is uh, A nine. I know that for sure. Okay, um, it's. In the new in the iPhone 12, it's the A14. So I was I was 14. one number off. Um, there's no doubt that that's more powerful than than yeah. what's in the Switch. I, like probably way 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 more powerful. Yeah. So that's sad. Um, we would like that upgrade, but let's let's hop into the questions. Or do you want to cut for an ad now before we do it? Yeah. Let's let's listen to the ad. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. Um, so I guess the first question is like, why did Nintendo show this at E3? I mean, it came out, what, like a month after to a month and a half? What's, what, why do you think they released it now? Because people are going to be disappointed. That that's a, precisely why I think they like stealth dropped it. Is because everyone yeah, like really the disappointment it. in the console because they obviously pay attention to the media and they know that like stuff related to the Switch Pro has leaked. They knew that people would be disappointed in it for the most part, so they didn't want that to overshadow the other interesting announcements that they had during their Nintendo Direct at E3. Yeah, so many interesting announcements. Here's like a little bit of Breath of the Wild too, and. A bunch of other like yeah it, it wasn't like a, a blockbuster but you know what i mean right like I, the whole conversation would have been about like why did nintendo reveal this not very interesting switch yeah that's fair all right i'll give you that one the one um, the one thing i will say though is yep. there's a lot of uh conversation and discourse online about like you shouldn't believe rumors this is like a great example of not believing rumors because they don't always turn out to be true first of all like that rumor didn't come from like Joe Schmo's Nintendo blog. It was like a Bloomberg report. That's like a yeah. real journalism entity that has like fact checking and like this entire process. 100% believe them. They're usually a typically reliable source of news. Just because this came out doesn't mean that the Switch Pro doesn't exist. I think okay, that they're that's like, actually one of my later questions. I think that they've they've shifted the strategy a little bit amid the pandemic. Like maybe the Switch Pro was supposed to come out and maybe they the were like shortage did something yeah maybe maybe there's a chip shortage with the new chip they had to push that back we're gonna see it eventually it's not like those rumors came out of nowhere they've been like persistent for two years it's obviously something that exists that console's coming out but at this point i think it's at least two years away this was released as like a stopgap measure simply because like i don't know samsung cut nintendo a sick deal on oled screens and they were like here we go and they and they put them in it and yeah Perhaps this hardware was everything involved in the Switch Pro because I mean an OLED screen, a LAN port, better audio—that's all pro level things. So perhaps the only thing that wasn't ready was the chip, and then they were just like, "Well, why don't we just put this out like this?" Yeah, that could. And be then true. once the chip is ready, this moves down to regular Switch price of what three ninety nine in Canada. The Switch Pro then hits that four fifty price that this new Switch OLED is now. We see the shift. Perhaps I mean, are we still wishful thinking? Are we still dreaming a little? Maybe, but. I, I'm with you. I kind of still like believe that it's coming at some point. I think Nintendo needs to, but we'll we'll see. Um, if they're gonna run Link's hair like that, if they're gonna do it. If they're gonna do his hair like that, they need. More they gotta power. fix it. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got. Oh, would you buy a Switch OLED model? I wouldn't. Um, I'm sure I'll get one dropped in my mailbox from Nintendo. At least I'm hoping I will, so that I can write about it for the site. But if I was like a regular person i don't think i would get it it's not enough of an upgrade um even as someone who really likes the switch and like i've said it several times on this podcast before it's my favorite video game console of all time just because of the like yep. plug-in I'm nature of it it's 100%. amazing it's a childhood dream come true um even as someone who's that who is that hyped on the console there's no way i would get one yeah i'm kind of the same way especially now that i have a switch light and i find myself um especially when like big games come out like multiplayer games i'll play on the regular switch and the tv with alex but um big games like pokemon it's like switch light and i'm just like i'm in the switch light for two weeks you know what i mean so yeah, i think too. just knowing my my like play style now it's like i'm not that into it if there was a new chip 
sign me up. I'm selling the old switch, whatever, get the new one. Not, not for this. It's just not enough though, there. Like, like it's just, it's just not enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here's a funny one. Why do you think the name is so awful? Which is, I guess it's Nintendo switch. Is it just OLED in brackets or is so it Nintendo it's, switch OLED model? It's Nintendo switch OLED model in brackets with no capital on the model. Um, Nintendo mentioned off- that this is actually one of the better Nintendo names. Yeah, which is sad. Like looking <laughs> back to the Wii U, you know? I don't know. Yeah, better I, than like, Wii U, better than new 3DS, new 3DS XL, new 2DS, new 2DS XL. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I think little... that it's like it's a bad name, but it's like what else were you going to call it? You know what I mean? Like the Nintendo Switch Plus or something like that. I think they didn't want any confusion in the market that like this is the same console. It's not more powerful. It's not the new new 3DS or whatever it was called. It doesn't play like specific games. This is the same system that you already have, just slightly improved in very minor Mostly ways. Just yeah. Exterior hardware. So I like okay. it, the name sucks 100% with you on it, but I have no idea what else they could have called the thing without creating confusion um, in the Christmas season when people are like actually buying these things. Yeah, I'm trying to think off the top of my head of like a funner name, like Switch OLED or OLED Switch, but is yeah, Switch better? Switch, yeah, nothing. I got nothing. People All right, call Nintendo, it the OLED. Oh, that's pretty fun, but Nintendo could never call it that. No, obviously not. Um, so I guess my question is, if you had been at Nintendo uh, in charge of the Switch release, what would you have done? How would you have put this, you know, not like this model, but like what would you have released instead? Or would you? Have I probably wouldn't that? have. I would have just waited until if it's a chip shortage or a strategy shift or like something else happened. I just wouldn't have bothered releasing this. Like, I think the Switch is still selling. You don't need this. Mm-hmm. Like, people are still buying it. People are still happy of it with it. Sure, people like me are complaining that some games look bad. Like I mentioned, like Mario Golf. That's a. It's not yeah. developed by Nintendo. I believe it's made by. But it's Camelot. brand new. And and it's like a, sure. a a brand new game, and it's very simple and straightforward. I wrote about it on the site. Really liked it. It it's like this whole new take on the concept of golf with speed golf. Great game. Looks like garbage. Um, I think when first party games start to look bad, that's when you like really begin to realize that like this console is old and it needs a new one needs to come out to keep up. It also looks bad now more so when you compare it to like the series X and the PS five It's a little different or even just go ahead, even where the Xbox one and PlayStation four got in there, you know, in the five years, which is life cycle. They, the great game started to get better and better and better. And Nintendo is like, we've released, released breath of the wild. This is about as good as games are going to look on this console for the next seven years. It's not going to get better than this temper. temper Yeah. I I just wouldn't have released it. Like I just would have waited, um, whether it's a year or two years, like the switch is still selling well. People appreciate the novel, the novelty of like the the ability to like play it in dock mode, play it in not not dock mode. It has crazy third party support. Like yeah. they just didn't need to do this. I, yeah, I guess it's like yeah. Who's gonna yeah? Like we said before, like it's it's like when you look at the numbers, it seems like everyone kind of has a switch. And so, who are they selling these to? I mean, like not everyone does have a switch, but even then, like if I was a person out right now and. Like I might just buy the Switch Lite again, or even the other Switch because it's going to be a little cheaper, you know. Because it's also four forty nine, four forty nine. That is so mm-hmm. much money for a Switch that features like a chip that's like five years old, and this has like no real 
there's advantages obviously over the original switch, but it's, it's nothing at least to me that's, that's truly meaningful that changes the experience where it makes that additional price worthwhile. That's just not the reality of the situation. Yeah. Um, I think my last question is, is like, do you think the switch Lite will get a little OLED treatment? Cause that I could be into. No, nope. uh, that's their budget switch. It's for people that don't want to shell out the money for the OG Pro switch boys, or this new one. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's like a great price point. Uh, and it's a really well-made console for the most part. I, I don't think that, yeah, it's not, it's not getting an OLED model. Maybe it'll get like a, a chip refresh at some point, similar to yeah. the original switch, like a covert one where it's like more power efficient or whatever. Um, but it, it's not, they're not going to refresh that in any significant way where they're going to publicize it. All right. That's, that's it. I got for switch questions. I mean, did that spur anything? Do you have any last thoughts that you want to say, or do you think we covered it? No, that's it. I've, I'm, I'm switched out. We can talk about, uh, yeah. Studio beat studio buds. So you, you reviewed them, right? Like I think for got me, right the thing, Ooh, Ooh, visual podcast now. I yeah. think the thing oh, yeah. that surprised me the most about them is, one, this is an Apple product. Um, I know that it's under the Beats branding, but Beats has been owned by Apple for quite some time. And with the Studio Buds, it really seems like there was an effort to ensure that they're compatible with not only Apple's products like the iPhone, but also Android devices. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that? Because there's like some neat functionality in there that makes it, it's like pretty much equal, like whether you want to use these on 100%. iOS or Android, which blew my mind. I did not expect that. Because it uses a USB-C charger, it might even lean a little more Android. Not a lot, because I mean, if you have a Mac or something else, true, that's a good point. But like, but like, it's not a Lightning charge port, so that's something. Not that's not what I would have expected. Um, but yeah, so there's like fast pair technology. Both they take uh, advantage of Android fast pair and a Apple's one touch pair, which is basically like if you start pairing them near an iphone it'll be like hey you want to pair to this iphone on your iphone it's not as seamless as like the airpods you just open them up and it's like let's pair baby um so but it's close it's like like i said one touch so both systems have that like really quick pairing which i think is just super helpful because like diving into your settings opening up the bluetooth thing at control center long pressing on it hitting more pair new device and then set sort of similar situation on android and then quick toggles at the top it's just like eh, it becomes like pretty tedious um, I think for most people, they probably don't have that problem because they don't like test 900 pairs of earbuds, but I found that really convenient. And I was really happy to see like Apple offer that to Android users. Um, and then the other thing is they're like 180 bucks, which is cheaper than AirPods. It's a great price. And um, cheaper than AirPods, works with both things. There is active noise canceling and a transparency mode, although it's not great. I mean... It, they're still like buds that have like the rubber tips. So it's active noise canceling. It's not just like yeah. regular. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're like AirPods Pros, but like it's not it's not very good. You know what I mean? Like if I put on my Bose uh, headphones or the AirPods Max, and like someone walks into this room, there's a chance I might not hear them. Well, that's it's kind of in a sense like that's an unfair comparison because like over ear headphones are always going to have like better noise canceling. How does it compare mm -hmm. to like other earbuds that feature active noise canceling? Have you? I guess, have you used any that have active? These guys. Okay. These are uh, Master Dynamics MW08s. They come in this pretty cool silver. Is it better than those or is it like the same? Pretty no, much? these are better. Okay. Um, although these have their own issues, which I guess I'll get into in a bit. But yeah, I wouldn't hold it against it. It's not like mind-blowing noise canceling. You put it on, you're like, I'm in my own world. It's like, this is 
blocking out a vast majority of the sound. If I've got music going and I've got them in my ears comfortably, it's blocking out, you know, 80% of the sound, 90% of the sound, especially like some more annoying things like keyboard clicks or horns honking on the street or whatever. So it's pretty good. But then again, if you were like walking down the street with it on, you wouldn't feel like people are sneaking up on you as much, you know? So I actually kind of like the noise canceling level of this, you know? I've kind of learned, I think, through these is that like, I don't want noise canceling to be at 100 all the time. Scale it That's back fair. to 80%. I get that. And I think I'm happier because I don't like it when people come and like spook me because I can't hear them. So, you know, I don't like not hearing cars like coming at me. So in, not that, that happens all the time, but you know, I think it's a good level. In your review, one of the key points that you made was that the mic is bad. And yeah. I remember when you came to our weekly meeting with those in, and I was like, that is the worst I have ever heard from a pair of wireless earbuds. Cause like everybody on the team uses different buds for our meetings and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause we're all working remotely. Is it truly that bad? Like it sounded awful. I think so. I mean, I've done it through this call. I did it on Discord with my friends and like a phone call and nobody, nobody liked it. Everyone's like, I wonder oh, why, like maybe an Apple. I think it might just be because they're so little maybe, but then again, be. you're wearing the Galaxy Buds live and you often come into the meeting with those and like, that's totally usable. I mean, it's not top of the line, but totally usable. Still my favorite buds just because of the way they yeah. sit in my ears. I have a lot of, I won't get into it, but I have like a lot of problems with in-ear wireless earbuds. I've kind of had to, to stop using them because I have uh, an allergy. Um, and these are the only ones that I can really use now. They're like, and I, even before that, they were my favorite buds. They're just so comfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the size of those is great. And I will say that the size of these is really great too. I'll pull one out for the video watchers, but like they're really tiny. Uh, there's a camera. They're, they're really tiny. So they sit in your ears, like even smaller than these master dynamics ones, uh, smaller than like these Sennheiser ones that kind of have like this thick body on them. Nice. Um, you know, and like they're not as as like dangly as something like this, like OnePlus Bud Z or like a more AirPod style design. And I think they like they're so small, but the battery life and the sound is still so good that they're just probably the most comfortable earbuds that I've used in a long time. So my um, other question, the mic is, is bad, but they're comfortable. So I guess you get that is kind of what I'm there's saying. Other, there's other advantages in some ways that outweighs that. You know what I mean? The, yeah, I don't make a lot of calls, so I'm over it. Neither do I. Like if, yeah. It became a more important feature to me when we started having meetings because I like don't always want to like pull down my like flex on the world giant mic here. I just want to use like earbuds for a lot of calls that I have to do. And a, a lot of my job is spent in meetings now. So it's become more important to me. But I didn't yeah. um, I didn't used to really care at all about mic, mic quality because like, first of all, I don't hear it and I don't do calls a lot. Now I kind of do. So it matters to me. Um, yeah. But from your basement, take calls in public. You know, you see like people yeah, in the yeah, grocery yeah, store, like yeah, on the phone. I always felt like really awkward doing that. So I, I never really did that anyway. I just like go stand outside with the phone and me. You're like, hey, dad, what's up? I'm trying to do groceries. What are you doing? <laughs> so before so. we move on to the other earbuds you're writing about, um, one of the things that I always think about with Beats and what I've been told, I guess I, I, I can just say this, like behind closed doors, I've like talked to Apple about this before, um, where I'm always curious, like, is Beats entirely separate from Apple or does Beats take technology or like does the air, do, do they work closely with the AirPods team? I guess is what I'm saying in a very poor way. Apple says yeah. that that's not the case. Do you think that's still true, particularly with these headphones? Do you think they're like two very separate entities within Apple or do you think that in some ways they've like combined forces, but outwardly don't present things like that? 
Yeah, that's hard to kind of judge because like they are, um, they like undercut all of Apple's ear- earbuds. You know what I mean? Like you would think that if it was Apple had a heavier hand in it, they would be putting them um, on the same price tier yeah. as regular AirPods at the very least, but they undercut instead. So that makes me think that Beats is maybe a little more independent. Um, but then again, looking back at like previous Beats headphones that all have the W1 or the H1 chip and all that, you know, lightning connectors on like the Beats Flex and or the whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they are, it, it almost seems like they're maybe in like a big office at separate sides of the room. Like generally. That's what I think ideas. it is. And like they have one weekly but, meeting where they talk to each other. That's it. But these represent almost a different thing. It's almost like Apple was like, okay, we're not going to push you to use anything. Just make the best headphones you can go at it. And then that's where we got these, you know, like they're not power beats pros which had all the Apple specific things, yeah. which were basically rebranded AirPods Pros with like a an ear loop to pin them down. Instead, we now have these, which are just great headphones for everyone. So yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of a weird conundrum, but I think with these, at least Apple let people just go on their own, but not normally. Okay, so the the last thing, I know you've been writing about, si- I can never say this company's name. Right? Sennheiser. Sennheiser, it's not Sennheiser. Obviously, it's not even spelled like that. I don't know why I always... I think it's a company that I've like, I've never said the name out loud. You know what I mean? Like those brands where you just always say it in your head. So mobile server podcast first. (laughs) Listeners get excited. You just heard Pat say Sennheiser. Sennheiser CXs and Master Dynamics WMO8s. Awful name, the second one. I guess the first one's pretty crappy too. What's the deal with those? Are they wireless earbuds that people should care about? Like there's so many of these buds now. Like there's just so many of them. Is there anything notable about either of these? Um, so that's kind of like the tough part is like since the Beats ones came out and they're so good, it's now made the landscape really competitive. You know, like active noise canceling, great battery life, $179 Canadian, hard to beat. Like I think the Sennheiser is like $149, but I would still recommend people pay that extra $30 just because the Beats are more comfortable. Um, and like it's weird because Sennheiser released these ones, um, the CX400 Bluetooth, like, in January and then followed it up now with these, which are basically exactly the same, but slightly worse and slightly cheaper. They're fine. And you know, when I reviewed these ones in January, I was like, yeah, I get these headphones, like good price, good sound quality, good battery life, blah, blah, blah. Connection stable. The mics are okay. But then these came out and then I, they're just, they don't compete anymore. So that kind of was where these fell in because these are basically the same as the other Sennheiser earbuds. So I like them. If you ended up with them, I don't think you would have to be sad. I think you would be like, I've got a good pair of headphones. They sound great. The battery lasts good because, and that those are really the two main key features, you know, do they sound great? Is the battery good? You're happy. And I think you will. Yeah. Be. But at but, this point, you'd probably be better off buying the beats. But there's nothing that like makes them stand out, I guess, in a significant way that makes them like way better than the beats or like comparable other no. offerings. Okay. Interesting. One of the only cool things that the Sennheisers have is that you can, touch and hold on like the left earbud to bring volume down and touch and hold oh, on the right cool. earbud to bring volume up, which is kind of a smart implementation. of. They never controls. have like the ability to change volume with mo- exactly. most earbuds anyways, never have the ability to do that without like a voice command. And, and I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to use my phone. Exactly. And um, to be honest, most of the times I would use my phone anyway. And the Sennheiser one gets a little annoying because maybe you take them out, you leave them in your hand while you're talking to someone and then you put them back in your ears and it's like blaring. You're like, what, the f- what happened? I'm, I guess I held on the touch surface, but you know, maybe that's what's cool about them. If you're always, maybe you're working out and you want to like change the volume on the fly. That's that. 
Um, and then these master dynamics, very cool. Uh, you can see them they're blue, so that's fun. That's cool. The case is titanium, feels like a Zippo. The case does look like sick. You're showing me a, that earlier, yeah. Like it's heavy. It's got like a hefty weight to it, so it feels very premium. Um, even the earbuds, they're comfortable. They sound great. They're three ninety nine euros, so I think that puts them up to like four hundred, four bananas. Yeah, so they're they're probably not going to be recommended to anyone. They actually just sent me an email about three minutes ago, and they'll peak peek at that and see what they said now i just said did they arrive how do you like them so no nothing but yeah they're cool like i guess you kind of get close to that price out of them because they're very substantial and, and very weighty and they do sound really good they've got different uh noise canceling versions that you can try like one for high-end sound low-end sounds transparency mode you know there's a lot going on with them and i'll get more into that in my review um but realistically, I think the only thing I like about them is this sick case. The case is like super cool. And I'm yeah. like, I'm a bit of a, a bit of a fan of different. Uh, like, I like to just flick the cases sometimes when I'm sitting at my desk yeah. thinking about something. I'm upset that they like op- it opens like this way instead of this way. So I, can, like, so I wish it I wish it had like the Zippo lid where it was like, cheap, like, like the hinge. Yeah, yeah. Just like open that way. I think that'd be really cool. Maybe not as practical and like kind of weird, but it's already so close to that design. It's it's weird that they didn't just fully commit. Um, and yeah, that's it on those. So if you see my review, you now know you don't need to read it. I would like it if you would, but you don't have to because you now know that you're probably not going to get these. Just get the beats. You Your review will likely be up like a little bit after this podcast, I think. I just I finished reading it today. We should we should get it up no, somewhat that, soon. That's for the Sennheiser. Oh, it's for the Sennheiser. The Master okay. Dynamics I haven't written you yet. You haven't done so that one yet. It probably won't be until next week, I guess. I should also be covering the, this is like an off, the worst name, Sony's WF-1000 XM4s. That used to be mm-hmm. like back in the day, the XM3s were like the gold standard for wireless earbuds. They're very expensive, but like in terms of sound quality, so... I'm I'm looking forward to checking those out, but they're crazy expensive in Canada. Three ninety nine for a pair of wireless earbuds, like that's a yeah, that's a crazy amount of money for uh, a piece of technology that will never sound as good as over ear headphones, no matter how good or, they are, and not even close to wired headphones. Like like we're I think we live in a world now where we're so used to Bluetooth audio, but re- like it really is very flat. So like as much as there are like you know really expensive models, not so expensive yeah. models, models in the middle. It's really hard to write about the sound quality of these because like unless they do something really bad, they all just kind of sound like Bluetooth headphones, you know, like the sound reproduction can be good, can be balanced, but it's not like you're getting a wide sound stage or you're hearing much like going on within the music. It's often very flat because just the limitations of Bluetooth. So charging a lot for Bluetooth headphones seems like a tough, a tough thing to do for companies. We're also hopefully getting the nothing earbuds, but they will not respond to me, but I'm going to keep banging on the door until they do so. I just got the company uh, that Carl Pye is doing. Oh yeah, the, the the fancy yeah. like see through earbuds. I was distracted because yeah. I just got an email about something to do with the MagSafe battery pack. So hopefully that's oh, just cool. an indication that it's coming to my house or something like that. Um, but yeah, let, nice. let's wrap this up and, and talk about the games that we've been playing. Yeah. Um, do you do you want to go first? Yeah, I've been playing Skyward Sword HD put up a, a little story right. about about the game on the website today. Um, you liked I, it, eh? I did. I, I did the whole, like, 
I guess, late 2000s video game writer that maybe used to work for a magazine and now works for a website thing where I spent half the review just talking about something that has nothing to do with the game. (laughs) I just talked about the fact that like, so I have this interesting connection with that game where um, when it first came out back in 2011, I believe I was running like my own little tiny gaming blog called Game Judgment. No longer exists. Stopped paying the hosting many, many years ago. And Nintendo was one of the few companies that operated like a lender program. So they would lend games. This is back in the days of physical copies. They would lend games to reviewers. You had like two weeks with it and you had to send it back. Um, It was really hard for me to get games from anybody. Nintendo was one of the few companies that gave me the time of day. And this was one of the first like big games that I, I ever received. So it was really exciting. I never finished it. Always planned to like buy a copy of it myself. I think I made it to like the sixth dungeon or something like that. It's super long, super slow. So it's like slow moving. But generally speaking, I was surprised at how well the motion controls have aged. It's one of the few Zelda titles other than Breath of the Wild that feels truly unique, truly different. I understand the criticism criticism of it. Like even as like a 32 year old sitting there on my couch, like winging my arm around to use the sword, I felt like a bit of an idiot and my arm did get tired after playing it for like three hours on a Saturday. <laughs> but if you it's can get fit. if you can get past that, there's like some really unique stuff in that game that you've never seen before in the Zelda franchise. You can also see the DNA of Breath of the Wild in there. There's like going to be some sort of connection with Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild too. There's a yeah, good game in like there. It. I the one thing that I would caution is like if you're a younger gamer that maybe has explored older Zelda games like Ocarina of Time or Wind Waker, and you've you've played Breath of the Wild, going back to this is going to feel really, really slow. It's a very slow-moving game. It feels very archaic in some ways. There's no voice acting. I know there's also not voice acting in early Zelda games, but even when this came out in 2011, that was like just an expectation. Like That was a thing that was in all games. There's, there's no voice acting. The cutscenes are pretty boring. The plot's a little hokey. Like That's a thing that you find in a lot of Zelda games, but it's especially uh, cheesy in this game. Yeah, there's, it's good if you, if, if you're playing it for nostalgic reasons, but I think if you've never played it before, you're going to be a little shocked at like how old it truly feels. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I played it on Wii U when it finally came to the virtual console. I didn't even play it all. Yeah. um, that's why it was so weird that it ever came. Well, because I guess there's no virtual console on Switch, but like I was like, I should be here. It's this on Wii. Um, never really enjoyed it that much. Never really like enjoyed the motion control. It's a weird game. It's a weird but game. I, yeah, I don't know if I'll get into it. To be honest, if I was to buy a Switch game right now, even though you said the graphics suck, I'm probably going towards Mario Golf. Oh, Mario Golf's great, man. Like, don't like yeah. the graphics. Like, who cares? It's not where you're playing that game. It was just an example of like a first party Nintendo game. Usually they look incredible, but it was almost yeah. like the developers. I believe I think I said this before, but I believe Camelot made it. It's like a studio that has a close relationship with uh, Nintendo. They've make, Nintendo. been making Mario Golf for years. They just couldn't get it. Like, I don't know what happened. It just doesn't look good, which is shocking to me. But like, yeah. That's a great game. It's also crazy that Skyward Sword costs $79. Like, it's yeah. a decade-old game. It's just insane I, I to me that they're charging that much tweet, money for it. a tweet about that last night. It was like, they're literally charging more for this game now than they did when it came out. 
Yeah, it's like, just like in, classic, classic Nintendo. Game prices have raised, so it, it's like now it costs you like twenty dollars more yeah. to play this game than it did when it was brand new, which is just nuts. And I know like inflation plays in there, but I don't think inflation has been twenty dollars in the span of like ten years or however long it's been. Um, what have you been playing? Yeah, that's uh, I'm Patrick O'Rourke, and I've been playing Apex this week. Oh, really? <laughs> Not I played one night with my buddies. Um, and it was actually, we won a match, so I was pretty hyped. Although Ooh. one of my friends is pretty good. But yeah, Have we you played back, Arenas? Just, no, we had, we didn't play Arenas yet. They didn't want to. I was kind of like trying to push it. You got to try Arenas, yeah. like as someone who has an affinity for the Halo series. Like I, I know that you yeah, do. So that's true. I really think that you'll you'll find something uh, special in Arenas. Like it's still one of my favorite game modes in a first person shooter, probably in like a decade yeah. that I've, I've encountered. They were asking me to play literally right before we started like this podcast. And I was like, I can't, I'm, I'm working because my two friends that play with both are off this week and they just keep like hounding me. But, but yeah, arenas perhaps maybe after work today or something, I'll try to jump in. But yeah, it was fun. We won a match. It was sick. Felt really good to like come back my first time in a few months, obviously lose like 12 in a row uh, and, and like die hot drops 12 in a row, but then finally come in. It's and a just, circle like, of life. Oh, and I, I got the last kill too. It was sick. I literally got like 12 revives. We just like kept bringing each other up. Like Lifeline is really crazy now. Like you can just drop yeah, the drone. And she's gotten way better. Away. So much better. So like I was just picking people up, picking people up, missing every shot that I'm taking. And then finally <laughs> get to the end and both the dudes are down. They're like, oh my God, they're almost done. And I just like went off the jump and land, pop, 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 game over. Like literally hit them like one time, got the final kill. And then I went to bed because it was like 1.30 in the morning and I was falling asleep at that point. But yeah, that game still still fun. And it's so surprising because when it came out, we were, I think most people were just like, uh, Fortnite exists. Why aren't we getting Titanfall so, 3? Like, what is this happening? And now it's just, it's huge. And people, I was mostly, plays it loves it. I remember that. That was mostly Igor crying about there being Igor. another Battle Royale title. And I remember watching I think footage. he really liked Titanfall too. Yeah. yeah, he did. And like, it's fair. Like, I get that. It's I get fair. that For opinion. Sure. You want you want more single player games. But I remember watching footage and I'm like, I think what I said to him was something along the lines of like, I don't know, man, like, seems to have the DNA of Halo in it. Like, this could be the the like Battle Royale for people that grew up playing arena shooters, at least in the pacing and like the way the game's structured. The and shields, for me, the shields are the biggest thing for me. Totally. For me, that's exactly what it is. It's the only yeah. Battle Royale that i can play because it has pieces of the halo series early call of duty all of those games that i grew up playing um yeah 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 that looks really cool to be honest since we write about like battle royales on mobile all the time now i'm just really waiting for like a really good battle royale to come out of mobile i mean apex I'm is sure coming to mobile. some apex is coming to mobile call of duty mobile is there although i don't think it's battle royale version um I know, i've played like battle royale for a little bit kind of enjoyed it but didn't really fortnite i know is there but like i don't know i just want like some sort of like simplistic battle royale on mobile that i could like pick up and play for like 10 minutes at a time um i think that's what i'm waiting for i, I think don't tell anyone else at the website this but like am i i might maybe am i becoming like more of a mobile gamer I don't oh know. no you're yeah, a filthy, don't tell awful them. casual gamer. i know yeah, yeah don't yeah, tell yeah. brad Definitely. shanker don't tell anyone. <laughs> Keep that between me, you, and everyone listening. Don't tell anyone. But I don't know. I just like like quick hit games. It's just kind of how I'm finding like time to squeeze it in now. So it's it's working. I'm just hoping for like some kind of fun shooter. I saw this trailer for this game called like Command and Conquer Three, <laughs> and it and I I. I, I in my mind, I think I knew what Command and Conquer was, but the trailer was like CGI. It was like World War Two, like dudes running around, yeah. like, shooting Nazis. And I was like, is this? 
is this the mobile battle royale I've been waiting for? <laughs> and it's not. It's like an RTS game, I guess, right? So the Command and Conquer sad, series but... has been around forever. Is that just like a port of? I don't even know no, if there's a. I third think they're one. bringing a new. I think it's a new one. That's it's a new three. one. It's okay, in beta cool. right now. I believe nice. that's what I saw. I think I saw Hardware Canucks tweeting about it, and I was like, interesting. This guy, he might know something. He didn't, but not for me at least. But yeah. All right, we've gone yeah. over, so we got, we got to wrap this up. That's it. Thanks for listening to the Syrupcast. You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore O'Rourke and of course on mobilesyrup.com. Bennett, where can people find you? I guess you'll be finding me forever at the Brad Fat because Twitter's verification rules. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, you can find me anywhere at that. I mean, tweet me if you have anything to say about what I've said today or you just want to just want to chat. I'm here for you. Um, and then I'll, also my, my content is on mobilesyrup.com, written, lots of earbud reviews. Um, I'm actually going to be reviewing... I can't point it that way, but I have the Sonos wall frame. Oh, the frame. Yeah, I forgot about that. Let's see. You're going to take it off your wall? Oof. No, it's not. I just have it leaned on like a table right now. That is huge. Yeah, yeah. So it's big and like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this live. But it's literally huge. And then you pull this off and this is all that's under there for speakers. Why? I don't know. I did not um, expect that. The Verge's review was like, yeah, this the, the Sonos bookshelf speaker sounded um, like 80% of the way to a Sonos One, and this is pretty much all the way there. But in my experience, it goes the other way. Like the bookshelf speaker, I think, sounded better. And this is like not really worth the $200 that it costs or Interesting. more in Canada. So I'm going to keep testing it. I mean, I've only had it for two days at this point, but... I'm not, I don't think I'm replacing any of my pictures with it, to be honest, at any time soon. It's also like, they're like, oh, it's incorporating with your house and your design. It's like, yeah, but it's so much easier to hide a Sonos One than this giant, like, you want to hang this and then have this giant cord, like, coming down my wall? Like, what is, what is this? I don't know. That's all I got. All right. Yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. And you can always find us on all of our content on mobileserve.com and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at mobilesyrup. Thanks for listening. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.